Nowhere can man find a quieter or more untroubled retreat than in his own soul. Marcus Aurelius What's up everyone? Great to have you back for another episode of our SU2G podcast. That's right, step up to greatness. I'm Dustin Gruss, the Greatness Facilitator, and this is your place to get your tips, tricks, inspiration, motivation, life hacks, stories, ideas, all geared at moving you forward towards a life of greatness. We've been on a short hiatus here from the podcast, but it is great to be back. Speaking of hiatus, we're going to talk about retreats today. As we're all aware, we have seen plenty of things shut down and canceled this year in the midst of COVID-19. One of those things I've been involved in six times over the past five years has been a spiritual retreat. While there's a lot that goes into the particular retreat I go to each year, it has certainly been one that refills my emotional, spiritual, and mental batteries. I know this to be true because just two years ago when one in the fall that I was supposed to be on happened to be canceled, I felt myself slide into a minor depression exhausted from everything that had been transpired in a busy, eventful year. It was a year where my wife and I were fully coming to grips with our infertility. Changes were happening at my day job, and I just felt overwhelmed. And the thought of missing out on the quiet, the connections, the openness, and the fellowship, well, (laughs) it just brought me down even more. But I realized something then, and I'm aware of it again now, and that's what I want to share with you guys today. It's not necessary to go to a fancy meditation retreat in the mountains if you want a few days of silence, or really to go to any special camp for that peace on a retreat. You can still do that at home, and save yourself some money as well as stay safe and socially distant from other people. So again, today we're going to talk about how to have a retreat at home. Now, you might be thinking, well, we've been quarantined, we've been on lockdown, we've been away from everybody already anyways, so what's different? Well, I'll share with you guys some things that are going to be different. How to still take a weekend retreat. So try these things. One, clear your schedule. Even though we've been in quarantine, even though we've been separated from people and doing things, activities and sports and all kinds of things have still been going on or restarted. And which means we've had some commitments again. 
You can't have people bothering you if you're going to perform a retreat. So let everyone know you won't be available for a day or two or even 10 days. Think about everyone that might need to communicate with you and inform them. Reschedule any appointments that you would have for another time. So again, clear your schedule. Make sure there's nothing that you have to worry about going to, attending, or people reaching out for you. Two, take care of any business before your retreat. Whether you need to go shopping, make certain phone calls, or even get an oil change, do it before your weekend retreat, quote unquote. Either get it done or plan to do it another time. Think about your food menu, the things that you're going to want to eat over the weekend, and get the necessary groceries ahead of time. So take care of any business ahead of time. Three, unplug. Now, can a silent retreat include TV and the internet? Well, that's up to you, but consider eliminating all electronic devices and distractions. The point is to spend some quality time with yourself, or if you're doing it as a family, with your family. You'll learn a lot about yourself and each other by going without your normal distractions for a few days. This was actually a rule we had at the retreat I would go on before. No watches, no clocks, no phones, no internet. They'd go as far as covering the face of the thermostats so you couldn't see the time. Because they did that, we were able to focus on ourselves and the purpose of the spiritual retreat. Four, be patient. If you're not used to being alone and quiet, it can be quite maddening. I mean, really being alone with your thoughts, it can mess you up a little bit to start out. Just allow yourself to feel whatever it is you're feeling. Sort through the problems and try to relax. Not the problems, the thoughts and feelings. The end will come soon enough. Boredom can be part of the game of a retreat. Again, on the first night of the retreat that I would go on, we would actually have a night of silence. So we would get to know, get to meet people and talk a little bit, but then they would tell us to observe a moment of silence to kind of be at one with your thoughts, why, you've, why you're on the retreat, and really kind of tune into yourself and the purpose of the retreat. So, um, you know, just being alone in your thoughts is can be a good thing. Five, decide what you're going to do. What activities do you consider to be acceptable on a retreat? Again, the goal here is to rest and recharge. So are you going to get caught up on work? Is that resting and recharging? Are you going to read, meditate, draw, write, maybe plant a garden or some other yard work, enjoy nature, go on walks, focus on your future, heal from your past. These are all things to consider and think about, which is how to deal with your time, how to spend your time. 
Six, create a schedule. Now this might seem counterintuitive considering we said to unplug, but what I mean is avoid the temptation to just play it by ear. Have a set of activities planned and allow yourself to choose from them. When one becomes too boring, stick with it for a little while longer before moving to another activity. But whatever your activities happen to be, moving into seven, make mindfulness a priority. Avoid allowing yourself to just sit around and ruminate. Now again, two points earlier I said, you know, be at one with your thoughts, kind of sit and go into them. Don't do that the whole time. Um, you want to have defined tasks and keep your attention on those tasks because feeling like you got something done, uh, feeling productive with the weekend is going to go a long way in recharging that battery as well. So if you really want a break, this is the best break you can give yourself. Your mind is always running at full speed, but being mindful can relax it. So being mindful and having certain things to focus on and not just ruminating is definitely an important step. Uh, which takes to the next part. Eight, use a journal. Make the most of your retreat by capturing your thoughts, feelings, and ideas. You won't let those great ideas and insights go to waste. Ensure that you record them for future reference. I was extremely grateful for the journal my wife got me for my retreats that I would go on. I took on my first one and I take it on each one since. And I like to look back and see how it has evolved over the years and over the different retreats. So it's definitely given me insight on how I've grown um, and what I'm actually looking forward to as well. And finally, nine, consider getting out of the house. You don't have to conduct your retreat at home necessarily. Staying home is acceptable, but there are other alternatives. Consider going camping or renting a cabin. Even a hotel room can be an option. What type of setting would inspire you or help you feel the most relaxed and recharge? Maybe you could even camp in your backyard. There's a whole world of options out there, literally. So there you have nine things you can do to make yourself have a worthwhile retreat without spending all the high-priced money going on a retreat. Retreats are nothing new. They're a great way to train yourself to be mindful, present, and to give your body the gift of a well-deserved rest. It will only take a few days, and if you do it right, you'll emerge as good as new. And with the retreat behind you, it will be that much easier for you to keep moving forward and step up to greatness. See you guys next time.